Welcome to today's episode of The Dream in Code Podcast with discussions on software and web development, technology, and IT trends. Here is your host, Dan Delamarski. This is Dan Delamarski, and this is the next episode of the Dreaming Code Podcast. And today I'm talking to Caleb Jonathan. Did I say it right? Uh, Jonathan. My bad. Sorry for that. Uh, Caleb, who you are on Dreaming Code? I am Caleb J. When did you actually join Dreaming Code? I joined, I believe, sometime in early 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. So, so why was it Dreaming Code? Have you thought about like other communities, or just like stumble? Hey, this is gonna be Dreaming Code. This is it. I I actually stumbled upon it looking for a C++ question because my compiler wasn't working for me, and it seemed like a great community considering I got an answer within uh, probably five minutes. So what what exactly was the thing that kind of led you to the thought that Dreaming Code is a great community? It was the people first and foremost. I think it was uh, Jack Jack something in the community who helped me out. So it wasn't Super Slot that you mentioned first. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was not him. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do in real life? Uh, in real life, I am a PHP developer. I I work with a bunch of web languages but primarily PHP, uh, working on MySQL and Postgres. And uh, at night, I'm a full-time student. What college are you attending? Uh, The University of Athabasca. I'm taking a four-year Bachelor's of Computing Science. So uh, a lot of Java. Just on a side note, Caleb is from Canada. Is it Kamloops? Yeah, Kamloops. Can you actually apply what you're studying to your job, to web development? Not a whole lot. Most of it's systems programming and uh, application development. But there is uh, a bit of database uh, work later on. I was working with databases before. I probably only attended uh, eight classes. And a lot of it applies when you get into the theory of object-oriented design. Since you picked this degree, there is this you know, disagreement between the degree and what you actually do. Why the specific degree? It's it's a general computing degree. It was what I first got into a couple of years ago, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to pursue. I originally thought that I would be uh, programming systems, mainly working with C. So do you think actually programmers uh, learn a lot in college, or there's just something you have to learn by yourself? It really depends. I think that uh, there are two kind of programmers out there, the people who want to learn on their own, and then there are the others who decide to get into it because it is a profession. If you're just in it for the profession, you're going to learn a lot in college. But if you're in it because you actually enjoy doing it, you're probably going to learn more on your own time. So either way you can survive. Either way you can survive, yes. So when exactly did you start web development? Web development started uh, oh, around the age of 15, I guess, when I first started working with HTML and CSS. And uh, the first language I actually started learning was Perl when I was 13. So that uh, that was a web language. How exactly did you get into this? What triggered that interest in web development? Web, I'm well. I was I was after a programming language. I knew that I wanted to do something constructive, and I was thinking about C++. But um, a guy I actually know in real life outside of the community who is also in Dream and Code. Gyrosquid, he pointed me in the direction of a Learn Perl in uh, 24 days, I think it was. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, that got me into into programming. Now, that being said, since you started at an early age, where did you get most of the support for problems? Because I'm pretty sure that once you started, sometimes you encounter problems, and wh where did you look for help? Generally, it was just Google. I would Google and Google and Google for basically any solution, but uh, once once I found Dream Code, it seemed like a, a website that had everything for me. Do you think that web development changed since you actually started it? It's it's definitely changed a lot. It's one of those things that is always changing. So w what are some highlights you would... Well, besides the fact that there's more like rapid development tools, Flash, Silverlight, and rich internet applications platform, other than that, what, what, what changed? <laughs> PHP received uh, OOP, basically. So that was a big change. Uh, aside from that, I don't use a whole lot of the front-end web technologies. Uh, at work, I do with JavaScript, but uh, other than that, not a whole lot. So PHP and JavaScript are your base languages? I wouldn't call JavaScript a base language. I, would, I don't actually put it on a resume as a known language. Uh, I would say PHP and Java. Do you still work on Java projects outside of general web development? I got an Android phone. So I've been keen to, to learn that, and I've created a little flying spaceship game, but, uh, but I wiped my computer and forgot to transfer it over, so I got to restart on that one. So do, do you find Java programming harder than what you do in web development? Because some people claim that, you know, web development is really easy. Then when it comes to application development, that's the hard thing. What do you think about this? I think that uh, between Java and PHP, I actually prefer Java just because it allows you to uh, handle data types a bit better. PHP is kind of a rough and messy language compared to Java. And That being said, what is your general development process from A to Z? How do you start with a project and actually move it forward? Uh, with my web applications, I usually start with the database design since everything's going to be driven from there. And then I'll, uh, I'll usually build just a really, a really rough web app that doesn't include a whole lot of objects, etc. And then from there, I'll, I'll start going from a top-down approach. Mm. So uh, tell us more about your projects, because uh, I know w one big project you were working on, I tried testing it, and uh, uh, I guess you have some more. So what are they? Uh, the two main projects right now, I have one called Pro Tools, which is uh, just a listing web application that allows you to create lists, task lists, um, things like that. And I want to tie it into Android. I haven't really put that out there yet as a project that I've been working on just because it's it's very, very early on. Um, and primarily, the project I've been spending most of my time with is the, the Internet Audio Database. It's still a work in progress. You're working on it, right? Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of free time lately, so it is a work in progress. How did you come up with the idea of the Internet Audio data Database? I'm a huge IMDb user for movies, and uh, I thought that the Internet needed something similar to that for music. There's a lot of lyric sites, and there's quite a few song information sites, but they don't link to the labels, they don't link to records, they don't link to producers, and uh, I wanted to include that with everything. How many song entries do you have 
uh, in a database right now, like at this point? At this point, it's uh, it's only 4,000. I just downloaded a database and uh, stripped another one. So I have about a million plus sitting on my computer that I just need to parse. It's like but you said only 4,000. Like, that's not a whole lot. <laughs> it's... It's not in the in the in the long run, I guess. It, well, it should get there. Have you heard about the one million songs? The database that's available online with metadata on songs. Yeah, yeah, I have, and I've. It's another one that I want to parse through and check into, but uh, right now I just grabbed one from FreeDB. Yeah, I think they have they have around like 280 gigs of song metadata. Wow. That's a big download. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just give the link for that, but I'll, I think you'll find it quite interesting for the project. And I think they allow it for like free use. W- what are some parts of this project that are the most complicated when it comes to development? Because basically you're planning on a extremely large database that contains album art, lyrics, song data, all, all sorts of information related to music stuff. So what's the most complicated part about it? The most complicated part currently is making sure that there are not duplicate entries and um, making sure that if a user does change something, I can roll back in time to a previous change, kind of uh, in a Wikipedia sort of fashion. And uh, other than that, it's been doing small things like parsing through uh, iTunes XML files to add songs. Mm -hmm. That was a tough one. Right now, where, where do you host it? I'm currently hosting through uh, DreamHost's cloud. Uh, Once it actually gets really popular, I think I'm going to switch it up to a private hosting. I'm not too sure who with or where. I may stick with DreamHost just because I'm a very happy DreamHost user. Do you actually uh, get a lot of traffic on as of now? The, uh, The site, a lot of people search the Internet Audio Database in Google and, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I broke 150,000 page views, which I thought was pretty good considering there's only 4,000 songs. So do, do you have some sort of like feedback sections on your website? Not yet, and uh, I've been meaning to implement that in the new version because currently the version that is up right now is entirely different code-wise from the new version that's going up. Um, that was kind of a a rough around the edges, the next one's going to be completely oop and uh, more secure on the MySQL side. Any hints on when the new the new version will be released to public? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for two months from now, but uh, it's up in the air. Well, what are, what are releasing like quick builds? Like you fix something, you just put it out there. Or you implement some small feature, you put it out there. Yeah, it's it's actually up right now and live, the new version, but there's no linking to other pages, so it's oh. it's kind of tough to find content on there. What would be the feature that you consider unique in this project other than the fact that it uh, kind of gets together the information about artists, songs, and everything like that? I'm mainly trying to build a, uh, a song recommendation system, and I want to build sort of a community around it. So if you join a group, you can actually find what's most popular in that group. And, uh, and hopefully I can go from there. I also want to implement a feature that allows users to 
kind of say I'm looking for um, like a, like an upbeat or a slower song in said genre um, that relates to, and then they can throw in another song or um, say a group list and relate it to there. Nice. So yeah. what, what languages and frameworks did you use to build the core of this website? I'm currently using the Caleb Custom Framework uh, just so I can limit overhead. Caleb Custom Framework, what's this framework about? I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about. Did you kind of like port some PHP features and some sort of a, I don't like this, I'm going to make it on my own? Yeah, I uh, I basically just started from scratch and uh, and and building everything off of the index file, so there's no actual roots. But and it's still PHP, right? It, it's still PHP. The whole thing's 100% PHP. The the only way to play with roots though is to modify the htaccess file and go from there. So do you use any JavaScript on your website? I think that I have JavaScript to clear a search bar, the search text. And that's it right now. But uh, each class can force JavaScript out into the uh, into the main template. So there will be. Any plans on using something like jQuery for... Uh, I saw what you had is uh, some images of artists, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, organizing them in some sort of a, you know, jQuery pattern and make all those fancy effects. Any plans on that? It'll be one of the last things I do for sure. Uh, I'd like to add in a few jQuery uh, options along with some uh, HTTP requests to keep the comments updated. Now, now I'm curious, since you have the songs, you have the... Um, well, I mean, you don't have the actual songs. You have the lyrics. You have album art, right, for some albums? Yeah. And you have the artist pictures. Are there any problems with copyright you know people claiming like hey you probably shouldn't have this over there or i i haven't ran into anything like that yet <laughs> the the only thing that i can think that will be a copyright issue is having lyrics and if they say hey we want our lyrics uh, removed i'm just going to go along with it but um because album art is actually on um on said public product i'm pretty sure that i'm allowed to use it no matter what considering it is the art for a project for a product. Are lyrics really like a copyrightable product? Because there are, I mean, there are plenty of sites and there are plenty of YouTube videos that say song plus lyrics. And is it really something that people can say, take it down? I, uh, I've seen a few, just like, just barely any of them taken down. It's, I, I, I believe that it's up to the actual uh, label. Or the copyright holder. So, any of those contacted you yet about whatever you're doing? I haven't been contacted by anybody like that yet. So, <laughs> it looks like I'm in the go. <laughs> Getting back to to the code topic, do you have your own code base of reusable snippets or reusable libraries? You have your framework, obviously, but yeah, my library is backed up on the server and two hard drives. Uh, it's it contains things like my. Uh, my connection class, my formatting class, things that I definitely do not want to have to rewrite again. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, I don't know, keep everything standard and up to date. So it, it seems like from all your posts, uh, I see that you have a pretty complex server-client, server, and back-to-client interaction system over at your place. 
do you actually maintain your own servers? No, I don't. It's it's simply cloud hosting. I could if I went to a private server, but I haven't needed to yet. So from the code you store, do you actually reuse a lot of it? I do reuse a lot of it, but at the same time, with each project, it's it's really a big learning experience more than it's me trying to create something that's going to make me money. Really, um, I'm not after money in these kind of projects, so it's all a learning experience. EADV, it was not like, you know, I'm just going to get a lot of traffic from people searching for that and I'm going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg. Well, I was happy that I got the domain name and I would like something to be a, a bigger project because I do like it when people create small projects on their own that do get a lot of traffic. I don't know. It's it's just something that I enjoy seeing. It's not EADB.com, is it? Uh, I have IADBS.com and I have the Internet Audio Database.com and the Internet Music Database.net. Do you think that actually you can hurt your traffic if you keep up with the long name in the long run? In, in the long run, I don't think so. I think that uh, that at this point in time, I'm pretty safe keeping it. And the longer I do have it up, the more traffic I'm going to get from major search engines. So I don't know if I'll make the switch. So where did you get most of your traffic from? Uh, is it, um, I mean, search engines or there are some references outside of it? Outside of search engines, I think it's 27% is uh, direct linking. But aside from that, over 60% of it is search engine. Is it Google or Bing that gets the most traffic? It's Google, but Bing did help a lot um, once they kind of switched up their searching system. Because before they were very specific on what sites they did have in their database. And as soon as I was uh, actually added in, traffic, it probably went up by about 30%. Do you actually keep an eye like actively on the analytics for your website, even now when it's still in development stages? I, I don't check it very often, probably once a week, once every two weeks, just to see how things are going. It's around, I think, 600 to 800 page views a day or unique visitors, something like that. Nice. And are there any linkings yet, like on you know blogs, some people saying, like, hey, look what I found. It's an internet audio database in the making. Uh, I've seen a couple posts on forums, but nothing, uh, nothing too big yet. Because there are a couple other databases out there that just contain songs and lyrics. So if going back to some uh, general opinions on web development, since you have some experience in this domain, what do you think about HTML5? HTML5, I really like the canvas. I don't know. It, it's nice that they're just going to keep their standards with the HTML doc type up at the top, and I really like that. But other than that, I am a big, big fan of Flash. So, so what, what's so good about Flash that, you know, people all over the internet were claiming like HTML5 is going to be the Flash killer. It's going to replace Flash. And although it still relies on a lot of JavaScript, and I'm not sure how, how many people will actually switch to JavaScript from a RIA platform, do you think that HTML5 has the capability of replacing products like Silverlight and Flash? No, I don't. Just because Flash, Flash has so many great features with the latest rollout, considering it can, uh, can actually use the GPU of somebody's computer which is huge in my eyes for something that's, uh, that's client-side. Uh, not, not anytime soon. But could it even compare to Flash by what it can do? 
it's pretty impressive, but no, I don't think that it can compare when you're when you're able to deal with memory and everything inside of Flash with ActionScript 3 or even Flex. How do you know when to actually use Flash? Because there is a somewhat controversial talk going on about how much actual Flash content developers should have on web pages or any RIA content for that reason. You know, because JavaScript is faster, Flash is a little bit slower on loading. And how, how do you know that magic proportion that says you've got just enough Flash for the website? It really depends. Once that load time is actually completed, Flash is pretty fast. And they've definitely gotten a lot faster with Flash Player 10, which a lot of people have not been utilizing yet. Once people actually start switching up to Flash Player 10 from 9, things are, uh, are going to pick up. But is it like auto-updating? Because the Flash on my computer, I think it updated itself automatically. The, the, the client is auto-updating, but the applications, they actually specify which platform they want to run on. And then your computer on the client side will switch to Flash 9 to uh, compensate. Because there's quite a few differences in Flash itself. So how do I know what Flash version is for for a specific application? Because whenever you right-click on it, you can see like about Flash 10. or Is that the version indicator for an app, or that's just the Flash runtime? I think that that's just your Flash runtime. I'm not 100% sure, though. So there's no way to check if a SWF file is some version of Flash? If you had the source code for it, yeah. Well, without it, obviously, because I'll probably not get the source code whenever I'm loading YouTube or, you know. I think that it's up to the developers to show you, but I'm not too sure. You might be able to check it in the AC data if you actually check into page source. So do you think it's, it is smart to put some work effort in implementing HTML5 solutions right now at this point? So if I'm going to start a website, I'm just going to go right away, like I'm going to use Canvas, I'm going to use the video tag, I'm going to use the new text formatting tags. Is it okay or it's just too early right now? I think that now is a great time. Not, not a huge amount of people are on uh, browsers that cannot support HTML5. And as far as standards go, they're pretty good with keeping them up in later versions of HTML. So uh, I think that now is just as good a time as ever. When you actually develop your project, what is the biggest browser problem that you encounter when it comes to testing it? The biggest issue is going to be either people's browsers not wanting to accept a cookie or a session's cookie just because I work so much in PHP. And then the other issues would be with JavaScript, which, uh, you know, if you're on Internet Explorer 6, I, I just don't even care about you. Do you try to maintain compatibility with older browsers? Obviously, IE6 is off the list. Yeah, um, I'm not a huge fan of Internet Explorer. Uh, I, anything, anything Internet Explorer, except for the latest one, is just... I don't even bother anymore. At a certain point in time, I did try, but no, you're going to get a message that says, please update your browser. Okay, so Internet Explorer completely is off your list. Yeah, it's completely. <laughs> not, even, not even testing in it. No, no, not at all. You will not find it on any of my computers. That is horrible. What if I'm going to open Internet Audio Database and just going to, ah. Then you're going to get a message. <laughs> so what about mobile browsers? Any steps to make it easier to open your web projects on some mobile devices? 
that's uh, that's something I've been thinking about, and uh, and releasing a separate uh, uh, style for that would be nice. But I'd also need to change a few of the other key features. So it's definitely going to be something that's going to be implemented after the database is finished. So we'll see from there. I had a few people actually brought the project to Dream and Code and asked what people thought about it before I really started pursuing it. And a lot of them said uh, that they wanted an API to play around with apps. So that's something I may bring into the ring as well. Well, when you develop for a desktop, it's fairly straightforward. When you develop for a mobile device, you have to consider the resolution, the possible types of input. Did you run into any problems when you, well, you, you probably attempted to do that kind of stuff, right? So far, it's been pretty simple. I basically, it, whenever I did test anything like that, it was on an iPod. And it's, it's very simple as long as you keep things in just a general list form and keep links big. But, uh, but other than that, I never really found any issue. The styling, it was pretty simple, considering most devices are around the same size. So putting some active content on the web page, is it something that concerns you from the performance standpoint? In some cases, JavaScript can be less performant, like a mobile device, where there are some restrictions on to the, what can be done. And at the same time, there's the PC that doesn't have any restrictions on JavaScript. How do you track the performance of your application and what role the actual performance plays in your development process? For, for something that is front-end like that, I usually don't have a whole ton of JavaScript in the actual application itself. And uh, when I do start having to deal with that with the later projects, I'm probably just going to bring in the content through a request. And if there's no scripts, I'm just going to pull in other content so or, or display said content from the server. So do you actually try to track performance? Right now, no, just because I'm on cloud hosting, and that's probably one of the biggest downfalls right now as far as page load times. But I do design my applications so they can be pushed out quickly by the server and that they do have very, very, very limited overhead. Then now getting back to uh, IADB, what are some you know points that you want to implement in a short run that would get more people there? A lot of people are after... Uh, after audio right now when they're at their computer and they do want to hear that, you know, rather than just hearing a song or, or seeing a song recommendation, they're, they're probably going to go to YouTube right away to find the song. So my plan is to actually export a playlist of recommended songs to GrooveShark so they can listen to it because it does have a, uh, a pretty decent API to export a list. So what's GrooveShark? GrooveShark is an application online that uh, that you can pay. You can get a free version of it. You can also pay monthly for a upgraded version, and then there's a premium version after that. One's six dollars, one's nine dollars, and uh, it allows you to play music basically right in the uh, the application itself. Mm. So, have you thought about integrating? I'm not sure. Last FM, do you have an API? I, I want to include a bunch of APIs for different things, but uh, but at this point in time, uh, Last.fm is pretty limited unless you're actually logged in, but it would be nice to pull in someone's uh, someone's favorite artists, etc., from Last.fm. Hmm. 
I'm not sure Pandora. I think they don't have a public API for song listening, do they? I, I'm not too sure. I haven't checked into Pandora yet. So basically what you're saying is you want to put some previews, like song previews, on your web page, right? Uh, not necessarily song previews. I mean, it would be great if I could get into that. I know that Amazon does have a sampling system, which I thought about, but it looks pretty ugly. Mainly, I just want to export to, to say, GroupShark and then just have them handle it instead of having to stream it through an API on my web- website. So do you think at early stages, uh, user feedback is going to be something important for you, or you're just going to follow your own plan, you know, kind of like roadmap? So far, I've been trying to get user feedback from a lot of people that I know. I have a few people specifically that I go to and ask just because they give me honest feedback. You know, they're not afraid to cut down ideas or or suggest what they want out of a site like it. But uh, I'm always open for feedback. So what are some plans you plan to implement feedback on your website? Feedback, I'm going to throw under a support section pretty soon. Right now, there there is nothing for it, but it's just going to be simple. I'm probably going to get a lot of spam because it's not going to require anybody to log in. Then it'll just send me an email through PHP. Do you actually focus right now on advertising the Internet Audio Database and just kind of try to get a word around? Other than the fact that you're promoting it among your friends, which probably you do, but... I don't actually plan on promoting it up until the point when I'm actually done the uh, the latest version, just because the current one I think is uh, is pretty ugly. It's not the most user friendly. Well, it seems like you got a pretty lined up project out, out there, and it seems to me like you've got an interesting concept on your hands. I think so. It's it's a good project for fun though. What's the URL once again so we can share it with people who listen to the podcast? It is internetaudiodatabase.com, and uh, the latest version, if you want to see the beta, it is iadbs.com. There are no restrictions as to who can view it. There's no registration required. Just go and see the song lyrics and the information that's out there. Yeah, it's um, it's an open database as far as the information goes, but if you want um, if you want a recommended songs list based on songs that that you're interested in, you will have to log in just so the system can track your favorite songs. Cool. Thanks a lot, Caleb. The Internet Audio Database, make sure you check it out. It's a pretty cool thing. And good luck with the project. And hopefully in a year or so, or whenever you deploy the next version, we're going to see the next IMDB for music. Thanks for having me.